Hello and welcome to Back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. This is series 2, episode 127, wherein we continue with our Come Follow Me study for this week. We're covering May the 4th to May the 10th, Mosiah chapters 11 to 17, a light that can never be darkened. We're going to continue with what the section we began with, uh, which is Mosiah chapters 11 to 13 and chapter 17. I can stand for truth even when I stand alone. Now, yesterday we stopped just around about verse 19 of Mosiah 12. Uh, We are going to skip past the next uh, kind of couple of chapters or the end of this chapter and the next chapter, simply because if you look in the materials, uh, we will be covering these in more detail uh, over the next couple of days, Um, particularly where the priests try to trick Abinadi in his words and then the experience where Abinadi, well, the guards go to a attempt to stop Abinadi from speaking and he is supported and sustained by the Lord in his speaking to finish his message. Um, So we're not going to go into those kind of those events in big detail today. Um, But what is interesting is that the the priest tried to trick Abinadi using the words of Isaiah, uh, which we'll look into tomorrow as to why that is so ironic and uh, how it actually set them up for further um, kind of prophesying and um, well, Kind of, they were told off basically by Abinadi uh, because of what they were saying and uh, their understanding of the scriptures or lack of, as it turns out. Um, and then in verse 13, we obviously see the great way in which he was sustained to continue his message. It then goes into a great uh, t- kind of sermon about the Savior, one of the most powerful in the Book of Mormon. And we'll be covering that uh, toward the end of this week. So what we're going to do now is we're going to skip ahead to chapter 17, uh, which is where he concludes his message about the Saviour. And in Mosiah chapter 17, verse 2, it says, But there was one among them whose name was Alma, he he also being a descendant of Nephi. And he was a young man, and he believed the words which Abinadi had spoken, for he knew concerning the iniquity which Abinadi had testified against them. Therefore he began to plead with the king that he would not be angry with Abinadi, but suffer that he might depart in peace. Um, So we see here that Abinadi's example of standing for truth, even though he was standing alone, um, was a great example to Alma. Now, actually, before I share a quote to do with that, I want to kind of refer to um, something that was said in the the podcast uh, Facebook study group, uh, which was excellent. Uh, There was an individual uh, who shared, uh, I asked for some uh, kind of thoughts from yourselves about uh, things that you wish that your um, children would be able to understand as they grow up in this world. And one of the things that one individual mentioned was the the, the need, or not the need, but you know how sometimes we do stand alone. And the fact is that we need to recognize that we will at times stand alone in our beliefs, but that's okay. You know, it's being different is not that, uh, is not a problem uh, in the, in the long scheme of things. But obviously that is something which is hard to overcome in our lives. Um, and this is something which Abinadi obviously had to deal with. Um, Susan Easton Black, um, said, uh, sorry, not Susan Easton Black. This is a different quote that I want to share with you. Uh, Joseph B. Werflin, uh, of the Quorum of, the, of previously the Quorum of the Twelve, said this quote: "Alma knew what that that he was guilty of the evils Abinadi had laid bare. Alma felt profoundly and personally the transforming power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He repented and he turned with full purpose of heart to do the work of the Lord. He listened carefully to the preaching of Abinadi." With a humble heart, with integrity and courage, he repented of his sins and iniquities through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Alma's change of heart is a powerful example of how repentance through faith in the atonement of the Saviour can transform lives. 
I don't think that um, this, you know, was no coincidence that the the example of Abinadi was so that uh, Alma saw the importance of this message because of the manner in which Abinadi stood for it, uh, even though he was clearly, you know, against a great majority. Uh, Alma felt the power of those words because of his uh, attitude. Uh, and because of that, he was able to change. And I always like to refer to this, uh, particularly when I speak to missionaries who um, go out, for example, uh, or who are preparing to go out or who maybe feel like they haven't had much success. That, that actually, we have no idea what success we have. I don't think Abinadi uh, completely understood or knew the success he had. From his perspective, he probably had no success at all. Um, all he saw was the people who then brought him to King Noah. He then saw King Noah and his wicked priests, and then he, he was killed. And he never got to see the impact that his teaching had on Alma, the full impact at least, and then how this had an impact and led to generations of record keepers amongst the Nephites. Um, you know, it was such an important um, part of the Nephite's narrative, this, because it led to so many leaders, spiritual leaders, including Nephi, um, who was the disciple that the Savior called forth um, when he came to the earth. Um, of course, they then, uh, the king and the priest send Abinadi away once he's finished speaking, and he's in there for three days whilst they consult. It's interesting that he was in there for three days. Uh, this may be, um, you know, uh, because of the events that are going on at the time. John W. Welch suggests that it uh, is because he entered the city of Nephi on or around the day of Pentecost. Uh, and this was a, a time that uh, people who followed the law of Moses sanctified themselves. Uh, and so, and it was also considered improper um, due to, um, you know, the, the traditions and beliefs at the time that they shouldn't uh, pass any sentences during this festival. Uh, and so, it may well be for a number of reasons. But what's interesting is when they do bring him back, there's clearly motives behind this. There's clearly a, a sense of you've they've that, that they feel that Abinadi has done them wrong, that he has prophesied and said things about them that they don't like to hear uh, because it cuts them to the center. Um, but obviously they can't really sentence him to death or any significant punishment because he said bad things against the king. Uh, and the priests, but what they can do is look carefully and try and find some sort of obscure reference in the law which may link to that. And actually, um, what we know is that Abinadi was testifying of the Saviour coming down in the flesh, condescending to the earth, and this is what they pick up on. In Mosiah 17, verse 7, it says, And he said unto him, Abinadi, we have found an accusation against thee, and thou art worthy of death. For thou hast said that God himself should come down among the children of men, and now for this cause thou shalt be put to death, unless thou, thou wilt recall all the words which thou hast spoken evil concerning me and my people. I find that response fascinating by King Noah, um, that the according to the law, um, you know, people shouldn't say that God himself will come down among the people. It's interesting, um, you know, I think that when we consider the culture that we have today, that's a completely acceptable and understandable and you know how millions of people believe this to be a doctrine that god came down among the earth as a as a, as a human man uh, as the son of god uh, and so you know for for us that doesn't seem like a very fair thing but at that time it was considered a great blaspheming statement 
But what's interesting to me is that they don't ask him to uh, recall the words that they said he said about the Savior. They asked him to, they said they would let him off if he recalled all the words which he has spoken evil concerning him and his people. Um, so obviously he's not really that bothered about that statement. He's using that to, uh, to put his sentence into death. But if he takes back what he says about him, then he'll let him off. Uh, in verse 9, of course, we know Abinadi does not. He says, I say unto you, I will not recall the words which I have spoken unto you concerning this people, for they are true, and that ye may know of their surety. I have suffered myself that I have fallen into your hands. Basically saying, look, I'm not taking it back. I knew you wouldn't like it, and that's that's why I've, that's why I'm here. Um, Alder W. Craig Zwick said this, quote, Abinadi was a man of unwavering courage who stood for truth when it was unpopular to do so. As he courageously called the people to repentance, he knew his own life was in jeopardy. In your mind's eye, you can see the riveting scene of Abinadi who has just had the death sentence pronounced upon him. He had an opportunity to save himself by denying his faith and testimony, but instead he fearlessly proclaimed, I say unto you, I will not recall the words which I have spoken unto you concerning this people, for they are true. We may not have to lose our lives in defence of truth, but we can, just like Abinadi, draw ourselves to full stature and with full heart and energy valiantly proclaiming that Jesus Christ is our Saviour. He was and is the Son of the Almighty. He lives and loves us. Close quote. What is the example that Abinadi sets us? He says to us and states that, you know, that the Saviour is our Redeemer, that he is the Son of God. He will come down in, in the context of Abinadi. He would come down to earth. And in our case, he has come down and performed the sacrifice for us. And Abinadi was, was not going to back down from that because he knew it to be true. Just like examples we can see in our day, such as Joseph Smith and the prophets that we have on the earth today. Um, they never excuse or um, you know apologize for what has been said when it comes to the doctrines of the church, because they are the doctrines I hope you've enjoyed the study today. Uh, if there's anything you've been studying, please share it at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter, or you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com. Please join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. Thank you for listening, and until we meet again.